This is a Hoff Studios podcast. So I have with me today Star Hawkins, Star Motherfucking Hawkins, Baby Mama Fit, one of my favorite hype women. Yeah, I'm so glad I just did four interviews and you're my last one and you have so much energy. So I'm just like excited. Like I'm so happy. Yeah. So you've been talking Uh, for about four hours? Just about. Yep. It's Uh, great. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna keep the energy alive for you. I got you. (laughs) I know you do. Just you being here. I'm already in the good energy. Um, so for context, this is baby mama fit on Instagram. I have known this woman since she was the front desk girl at Barry's when I was the manager at green monkey yoga. And we were just working on the block, you know, yeah, hustling. you at that time, your little daughter would literally like come after school when you were working at the desk and she'd be like coloring and entertaining herself and talking to all the guests and the people. And you were hustling hustling. There is nobody that I've ever witnessed work harder than you. You were a single mom. And I just tip my hat to you because now as a mother, like I cannot even imagine. And just the grit that you have is beautiful to witness because you're welcome. The sweet. Listen, I was, I was young. I was like 21. And I think like when you're that young, you don't like now you're, we're older, so you know better. You know what I mean? It's so much yeah. harder. Um, I, I mean, I, I t- tap my hat off to you too, because, you know, you're out here doing it, doing the deal, being a good mom, you know, coming up with your, like, I love everything that you're doing right now. I love watching your your stories and um, your podcast you. and all your concepts and, and how you're just like giving people a space to talk openly about what works for them, which is so cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. yeah, it's my absolute like pleasure, passion, and honor. Um, I just it's amazing because back then you were the front desk person at Barry's, and you know, I was over there hustling at the yoga studio. And to really see the career that you've built for yourself, and it's just been beautiful to witness. Um, Star has you guys, Star has created huge following on Instagram, huge following on TikTok. We, during quarantine, when you met the love of your life, also (laughs) named star, you guys, we called it the star show. We lovingly (laughs) called it the star show. They were traveling all over the world together. He is also in fitness. He's an incredible, what is, what is, what is that that he does? I don't want to miss it. It's called calisthenics, but it's like sweet gymnastics. It's, it's, some other type of out of out of body shit. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't. It's do insane. It. <laughs> the guy can like stand on poles with arms and pinkies. Out. Right. It's wild. <laughs> but you've created this incredible fitness career, and I've loved watching your journey. And I just want to get to know it even more intimately. I feel like from what I know and what I witnessed back then, you were you sober when you were working at Barry's, or did you find your sobriety uh, during that time? I, I had found my sobriety at that time, so. Um, I think when I had started, I had met the owner of Barry's at the standard, um, one day. And I, I think I was celebrating like, like one month without drinking. So I was like, wow. okay, let's go to the standard and get drunk. And then that's when I met him. <laughs> and then I wow. realized, okay, um, 
yeah, this is too much for me. And then, yeah, I started to be sober once I got that job. Um, not because of the job, but it just all like kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And then like you eventually became an instructor yourself. And so that job was kind of like the catapults. And well, I didn't, I actually, I did not make it there. I tried out like three times. No I don't way. Know, I don't know this part. So tell I was me, working. The tell test. me the good stuff. All right. So I, I, you know, I like customer service. I've worked in retail my whole life. Um, I, I come from like a little bit of like a crazy childhood. So I'm a chameleon. I can get along with people. I can talk to anybody. It's part of like my survival. So, um, I was working in retail and I started working at Barry's and I got really good at fitness just doing the classes because naturally I'm a th- athletic. And then, um, because of my personality, they're like, Oh my God, you should be an instructor. You'd be great. Well, I was not. <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't understand anything that was actually being said. Um, and I ended up trying out like three times. And then one of the girl, girls that I know, um, Shauna, shout out Shauna. She started working for the Pilates studio and she goes, star, you would be a great instructor. We will train you and we will build you to be one. And I had this like ego about me at the point. Cause I was like, I've tried out three times and I'm not doing anything unless somebody like tells me they want me at this point. Cause I was like, you know, down on myself. And, um, I ended up going to Pilates and that actually got me in the door with berries. I think it was like my third tryout. I finally got it. Um, I had a, uh, my first class and so many people showed up. There was like a, they had to do it outside in the lobby. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. So <laughs> that's the thing. Like you resonate with so many people. People just love to be around your energy and it's like it, you can feel it. You can feel like even now I was like, Oh good. When I was looking at the schedule, I was like, amazing stars on my last call. I'm going to be able to bring it because like you just carry that energy with you, no matter what's going on in your life, people can feel it. You just show up and with a big ass smile on your face. And obviously you go through things, but you're still, it's just like your personality. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what really helped me through COVID. I think, um, because a lot of like shit was going on and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to work out seven times a day on live. You did too. She was on Instagram live. like <laughs> With the hernia. Day, I had like day. hernia surgery no the week of COVID because I was like, oh, we're going to be out for a while. And they weren't doing any more elective surgeries. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just do it. And then COVID hit, everything shut down. And I was like on live exercising like eight hours a day. (laughs) Fuck yeah. So what was the, what's your sobriety journey been like and where did that come from? Why did you choose sobriety over trying to just balance your drinking? Um, and what's your perception on addiction? Um, well, I tried to, I guess, drink for, for years for like, you know, all of my twenties almost, I got sober, um, my daughter is 12. So I started trying to get sober about nine years ago. Um, and I got sober for a guy cause he was like, Hey, like it was like our last fight. And I think it was like one of the last fights towards the end. I was dating like, you know, super narcissist, but whatever. We won't talk shit about him. It's about me, <laughs> but I was dating this guy. And so he would stay with me. I was like, you know what? I'll just go to AA. I'll get sober. Um, and I went to AA and I went, a lot. And I kept going, kept coming back. And a lot of stuff didn't make sense to me. And I went, I went 
probably religiously for like two years. The thing that was, was hard for me is because I am a very social person and, and Miami is a big social city. So like everything we do is with drinking. So I had to kind of like rewire my brain to think like, okay, well, just because you go to the beach doesn't mean you need a pina colada. Or just because you go, like, now it would be like rosé. You know, everybody does (laughs) rosé. But, you know, just because you go to, like, a baseball game, you don't need beer. Or, you know, I had to, like, rewire my thinking. You would host things. You would host nightlife events, too. Like, you were in the scene. Like, this bitch knows, like, Lil Wayne. She's, like, friends with everybody, the (laughs) people of the world. Like, she's you're super connected. So, like, also, it's not just, like, the happy hour lifestyle or going to the beach and having a cerveza. Like, you're super connected. And then the world you're connected in, it's hospitality. It's nightlife entertainment. And it's totally fucking normalized binge drinking and overconsumption here and drinking six nights a week. I've been here since I was 22. It's a lifestyle here. So yeah, you can go really, out. I mean, like, we could go out right now and party somewhere if we wanted to. And then space carry it is over probably open in a day. few hours. <laughs> Let's so, go. So yeah. I, I mean, it was like a strict, I, I want to say it was like, you know, AA meetings for like two years of my life. That's not my story now. Um, mm-hmm. I did fitness played a huge role in my sobriety. I needed something as an outlet. Um, yeah. because I, I needed something to like, let all this like anxiety and, and whatever the thoughts and the aggression or, or just like ADHD, whatever I got going on, all this stuff inside of me, I needed to like release it somewhere. And, um, through fitness, I found that therapy. And then through my job of helping people, which if you go to AA meetings, you will know that you're supposed to, you know, help out, reach out to another person, you know, but with fitness, I'm constantly helping people. I'm, I'm making them feel good about themselves or, you know, um, I'm just providing them a service of a workout and like, you know, talking and, and being there for someone that also really has helped me. It, it, you know, I had to do good things for other people to feel good about myself. Cause there were times in my life where even though I was outgoing and I was like living my best life, I wasn't happy inside. You know, I struggle with yeah. d- depression, anxiety. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we all got our shit. We all got insecurities and, and, um, yeah, I had a pretty challenging upbringing. My mother's an alcoholic. My dad's like a, a functioning alcoholic. Uh, shout out Caesar Hawkins. I don't know if you want to hear that, but he is one. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's the thing about you. You're not afraid to say it like it is. Right. You go hear that. You were drunk. No, I'm just kidding. He he goes to work. He's a functioning alcoholic. Alcohol is, is a big thing in my family, you know, and, and, um, my mother is actually sober, <laughs> which is crazy. Wow. Um, she got sober and she just recently bought a house. So I don't know. I just, I was able to stack up enough day of, of sobriety to actually see a change in my life. And yeah. through that, you know, I got Pilates training. I got, you know, Gary's boot camp, And then my life just significantly got better. It was crazy. You know, yeah. then you're just left with like the real, the other issues, the, the stuff, you know, the childhood traumas and, and, um, you know, loving yourself more than anything. Then I got stuck with those. And and that's what I kind of do every day now to try to like be a better me. And how do you, how do you work on that stuff? What's your way? Um, I mean, try to stay off social media sometimes. 
<laughs> even though it's part of my job. Yeah. Um, try to be present, try to be in the moment, try to connect with people, say yes to everything. I say yes to everything. Like I'm like, not, I mean, not to stuff that's not going to benefit me. I don't need to be outside every day, but like something like this, where yeah. I get to connect with you and maybe I even learn a little something about you. That's going to help me. Like, you know, I try to take yeah. all those opportunities. Um, and yeah, just like, you know, bringing vibes, being energy. Uh, also knowing when I need to like take a step back and just sleep all day or, you know, binge eat a bunch of food or, you know, hang out with my kid, like, you know, listening to my body, yeah. listening to myself. I have a really good sense of like knowing what I need and um, trying to listen to those things and being, you know, keeping it a hundred, being true to myself, being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, what is your upbringing like? What was your upbringing like? And how did that impact the way that you chose to live your life and ultimately recognize like you were, you couldn't live the way that you were living? What, how did that impact you? Um, so I'm biracial, which, uh, my, my dad is black and my mom is white. Um, but I guess looking at me, I, not a lot of people can know that, right. They think maybe I'm Greek. I'm Sp being in Miami. You could be Spanish, Spanish mommy, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and my dad lives in DC. My mom lives in North Carolina when my parents split when I was two. Um, and when I lived in Asheville, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina is like the cool place to go now. Um, but when it's I lived wild there, that you come from cool. Asheville, like you're so Miami. It's wild. Right. Every time you go back there, I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had to get out of there, but, um, I like to go visit now, but when I lived there, it was, it's country. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's racist, but when I lived there, it was kind of racist. I, I remember growing up, um, on Martin Luther King day, like telling my class that my dad was black and my boyfriend, like, I don't know who it was. I think his name was like Aaron or something. He like broke up with me, you know, like I used to get called the N word a lot. Um, so I always had this like insecurity about being biracial. I used to tell people I was Hawaiian, which is fucking wow. weird. I don't know why I did that. Right. It's so, exotic. Right. I was being exotic. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to go to Hawaii. Um, but that was always an issue with me, right? Like, like feeling that identity crisis. So that then, uh, my mom is wild. Like imagine me, but with pink hair and tattoos and she's got talking even faster than me. And she's like yelling at you and she's all over the place. My mom has always been loud. Um, she probably has a little ADHD too that was untreated. And then years of drug use and alcohol, she just a little off, you know, bless her. She's like a, a great person now, um, but she was not a good mother to me. She always had, you know, guys running in and out of the house. There was a lot of uh, physical abuse. Um, sexual abuse never happened because I'm very mouthy, <laughs> but there was times where it tried to happen. And, um, you know, when those points happened, she always chose the guy over me. So I've lived in group homes before. Um, wow. yeah, so I've always kind of, and I was insecure about that, you know, like I always, people always knew that my family situation wasn't right. I always looked good. My, my grandmother would always make sure we had nice clothes and like, like appearances was always a thing for me. And I mean, that translates into how I am now. I always have, you know, I always want nice things. You know, I, I always want my social media to look good. Like I can see how it shaped my life now, you know, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, my upbringing was bad. I mean, I remember like, 
I think back now and I try to think about like how a kid is supposed to feel. Cause I think about my daughter and totally. I, I mean, I remember at early ages, like wanting to like commit suicide or like wondering wow. why this stuff was happening to me, you know, and like nine year old, 10 year old, you're not supposed to think that. Um, so I really hated my mom. I hated my life. I was angry. My dad finally stepped in and took me in high school. Um, cause then I started to like kind of get uncontrollable and, um, like just uh, more aggressive. Like, I don't think my addiction necessarily had started then, but I was very like aggressive with everyone else. I was always smart. I always did well in school. Um, I was always a hustler. And, um, then I started living with my dad and, you know, still aggressive, kind of annoyed with him that it took him so long to get me. And, um, yeah, I started working in retail and got really good at making money. <laughs> and uh, How'd you, get to you know, that kind of like jumped um, so my daughter's father, when I graduated high school, I wanted to be back closer to my friends. And that's when I went to Charlotte. I went to UNC Charlotte, flunked out of that college, went into the Arts Institute, flunked out of that school. And that's like kind of when my addiction started, right? Binge drinking, parties, blacking out, um, doing the most, wasting as much of my parents' and my grandmother's money as I could because I was just like wild, right? Mm-hmm. There was no exercise or fitness then. Um, but I did, I did meet my daughter's father in, uh, in, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and he had moved back to Florida and I moved back to DC. And the store that I was working for is called up against the wall. It was like, before, I guess we had the crash. People were buying like Avisu jeans, true religion jeans. We, I would sell like $600 jeans. Like people would come in, um, wizards players, like, I remember Dipset would come in, like all these people would go to the store. It's a pretty big deal. If you're from DC, anybody watching this from DC, you know, up against the wall, you know, Georgetown, Commander Salamander. There's a bunch of people in Miami that actually know um, Spencer Tracy. He's a DJ. He was my manager. He lives here now. Um, there's like a whole I've totally DC heard of up against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So they opened up stores in Miami and I was managing the one in Sunset and in Dateland. And I lived here, got pregnant with my daughter a year later, you know, the economy kind of crashed and the stores closed. But once I got to Florida, I stayed in Florida. <laughs> that was it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then you were just like, how did you make it to South beach? Like in Miami and this scene that you're living in now? Um, I was like, so I was living with a girlfriend and my daughter and I was working at Dayland mall. I'd worked at like true religion for some years. Um, and I was just like retail hopping. And then finally, you know, I mean, we were partying all the time. We were going to like live on Sunday and Mokai Mondays and wall on Tuesday. And, and I, think I was like- there, I was literally probably there with you. <laughs> like at every, I had every night of the week lined up. I had a cab yeah. driver that would pick me up if I was blacked out drunk. He was like my fucking angel. Oh I would literally God. like barely be able to call him from my bar phone. That's when we had bar phones and I had him saved as taxi angel. And I think I would just like fucking call him when I was like black out and I would like bring myself to like the wall of the club outside and he would like come and get me and like take me home. It was like, yeah, that's how I live. That's how I live my South <laughs> Beach was, life. This was before Uber guys. So I was definitely, you know, that's why, that's why I know that's why I'm sober today. Cause I don't have to do those things that I was doing. I was definitely doing some, you know, driving while intoxicated and risking my I life. And that too. Totally. Lives. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, thank God for Uber. Um, thank God. I know. I feel like so many people are safe now. But um, 
Yeah, so we were, me and my roommate, just, you know, probably one of those drunken nights. I couldn't even tell you, honestly, what the fight was over. I think she liked a guy and I was going to hang out with the guys because another girl that he was, I don't know, some bullshit, right? So whatever. She was just like, you have to leave here. And um, I ended up, I was dating that guy at the time and I ended up in Wynwood. And this is like, and this is so funny. I plan, I found my apartment and it was walking distance to Wood Tavern. That's how much I was going to say the only thing in Wynwood back then was Wood Tavern, Wood right? Tavern. And that's how, that's how I was thinking, right? That was my spot. And I was like, well, at least I know I could walk to Wood Tavern, you know, like the alcoholism was, was there. It was, it was always there. And, and alcohol was always my thing. Obviously I love drugs too, but I wouldn't do drugs if I wasn't drinking. So like, now I don't drink. Drugs aren't an issue for me. Totally. Um, but yeah. And then I ended up in Winwood, and I actually started working at Eberge. And then from Eberge, I went to Barry's and then I went to Frankie. So I, I literally worked on every single store on that block where I met you. And I brought my daughter to probably every single store. And she would be in, she'd be in the yoga studio. When we talk about the block, the block is Sunset Harbor in Miami Beach. It's this really iconic block where like Pub Belly Sushi, Pub Belly Original, which are these really famous restaurants. They're global restaurants now. But back then they were anchoring this little corner of the beach that was totally like decrepit and falling apart. And then like Barry's boot camp came in and this yoga studio came in and jet set. So it became like, if you ever come to Miami, it is like the spot where the locals hang and celebrities come to, there's amazing restaurants there. And so the block, we would commonly refer to it as we were like block hoes. We'd like go to all each other's classes. (laughs) <laughs> eat at the restaurants, work, come back again. And your daughter would literally just, I remember like I would be managing the yoga studio and you'd be taking classes and she'd just be like coloring and like hanging yeah. out with people's dogs. And I just, even bless back her. then I was like, bless her. Bl- bless her. But like, yeah. damn, like just like this mom, this single mom hustling. And so yeah. it's just, amazing to see how far you've come. So let's talk about like what happened during the pandemic. You, you've been sober for a bunch of years now at this point and the pandemic hits and your whole, well, I did, I did relapse. Online. Tell you. I oh, relapsed yeah, during COVID. I, I did relapse during COVID. I went, I went on, um, I, I, I tried to see if I liked edibles, weed. I was like, let me try weed again, which weed ain't for me. I tried. I don't know why it like, especially cause the weed culture is so big. Like I want to be a part of it. You know, my, my, my inner people pleaser. I want to be a part of it so bad. Um, but we, well, just, and I would like, love we- to be high and it feels good. I see people get <laughs> high and just like giggle and laugh. And I'm like, I wish that was me. That's probably happened two no, no, times out of the hundred times. Right. I get anxious. I get paranoid. So I was like, you know what? Let me try an edible. I forgot. It had been a long time. And um, in in sobriety that is frowned upon. So, you know, your days do start over when you, when you relapse, but, but I am sober. I'm sober. Uh, It's been an eight year journey and I'm probably, I don't know when that was, but at least like two years ago. (laughs) So then the pandemic happens. And at that point, your livelihood was based on classes you were doing in person, like at all these different locations, Jet Set, Berries and events and you were plugged in, you were working, you had a ton of classes every single day, probably worked six days a week. And when the pandemic happened, you had, you met star your husband yet? 
So it's funny. I met him at a calisthenics event. You know, when the, I think the new convention center had just opened and they do these like fitness events. Right. And it was like some fitness event. My friend Patrick, who's a trainer too, hit me up. He said, Hey girl, we're going to go put on those vibrating suits and get a workout. And I had done the vibrating suit before. I love it. I'm like, put it on my ass, put it on my abs and turn it up. You know, I want to get that, that, work? that workout. And basically it's like you. Right. It makes you like tighten up without doing a workout, right? But you can focus in on it. Those really muscles. works. So, I, I mean, you get so sore, I, it has to work. But, and it's expensive. So I was like, you know what? Let me go. I'm going to go do this free suit. I go do the suit with Patrick. And then I start walking around and I see all these tattoo guys jumping on bars, flying around. Um, and I'm like, oh God, this is for me. Like I said, Patrick, I'm going to stay over here. He's like, okay, I'm going to go do like a wad or something over there. I'm like, okay, boy, I'm here. So I stayed and um, I'm like watching these guys and somebody yells star, which at the time I think it was Nick, Nick just chill. He does like uh, videography and photography and he yells star. And I like, you know, how I normally is. I, I like smile and start dancing, like twerking. I'm like, what's up? You know? Cause he's got and a camera he, in his hand, right? Right. So I started twerking right there on the spot as per usual. And, um, and then this like hot Asian tattooed guy turns around. He's like, is your name star? And I'm like, <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, oh my uh, God. yeah. Like, <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> hey, Hey, what's up? Where are you from? He's like, I'm from England. I'm like, oh my God, I love England. He's like, my name is Star. And then, you know, then it was history. So we were like dating. We were going back and forth. He was coming here. We had met in LA. I was like real, I was real city girls on him. I said, yeah, I'll go to LA and meet you, but you got to buy my ticket. You bought my ticket. <laughs> so I went. Of course he did. Of course he did. Did you guys go to this? Is that when you went to the sneaker convention? We, well, no, it was a, it was a fitness convention there too. So we ended up like doing all the fitness convention stuff. Um, and then, yeah, after that, then COVID happened. And then that's when he couldn't come see me anymore. So it was, it was canceled. Oh, damn. He got stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like when, then. So then, so like fitness world shuts down in person, everything shuts down. Then you're like, fuck it. I'm going to, we all, everybody who had any skill or talent went on Instagram live like a thousand times a day. That's right. what we did. And so how did that end up shifting your business as it is now? Because you ended up actually building out a membership profile and you host yes. online classes now, probably more than you do in person. And yes. it probably preserves a lot of your time. But like, <laughs> yes. how did that, how did that, what was the story? And like, what did that feel like? And how did that all happen? And, um, and what's interesting is you're, do you still use OnlyFans? No. So, so I, got that's uh, I'll tell you. Okay. So all of that happened. The world shuts down. Um, I'm low key still seeing clients, but not telling nobody because we couldn't post it. If we posted it, like you got shamed Shame for game. being a super spreader. Shame. Shame. I want you all to remember that. Everyone needs to remember that. Y'all had me in the grocery store with goggles and, and gloves on acting crazy as hell. People like stopped being my friend because they found out I was going out. Like it was like a whole thing. Anyway, so 
I would see clients in the morning and then usually be home by 12. Nobody's really working out at lunch, right? So um, I, I say, you know what? I'm going to start this online 12 o'clock Zoom, right? Or link, uh, on uh, Instagram story. It was, it, no, sorry, Instagram live. So I would do a live every day at 12, Monday through Friday. And um, then I started, I was doing it, I would go on with like Instagram girls. So I went on with with yes, Jules a bunch. And then I went on with my girl, Vanessa Christine. We did a thousand squat challenge one time. And then, and this is when like Zoom started popping off. So Instagram live started kind of went down um, because you couldn't play music. They would shut you down. Right. So then we started moving oh, yeah. over to Zoom, post the link and we're doing like huge, you know, Zooms and it was like such a fun time. So I started doing that. Then I started doing them with Ink Magazine. I hit up my boy at Inked. I'm like, yo, let me start doing these lives with tattoo models. So then I started hitting up, pulling all my friends in, you know, because I'm really about like sharing the love always. So I call my boy Earl or Rams or anybody I know with tattoos. I'm like, yo, we're going to go on Inked and we're going to do these lives. And I did not stop working. And I was actually making great money because people were sending me donations. Like the workouts were free. But then the Venmos were coming in. So I was like, holy shit, I'm killing it. So then I started feeling guilty. And this is like me because I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to lose this. pops up. I don't want to lose this. So I started working with Style Saves and every business that hit me up because then businesses started hitting me up to give me food, right? Because everybody started doing door DoorDash or delivery, oh, right? yeah, I remember this. And restaurants were closed. So every business that hit me up, to give me food. I said, nah, nah, you can, I won't take your food, but I will post you donating food to, to families. You were doing door deliveries to families. So in I need. started doing door deliveries because I didn't so want to lose all my Venmos. <laughs> so I said, let me get back to my community because I was, I was caking. Right. So then I started making t-shirts and like all the funny shit I was saying, I was putting them on shirts and I was selling that. And honestly, it was a missed opportunity. I wish I would have had workout equipment. I would have been selling that too, or like some type of vitamins. Cause I feel like the whole world has stopped and was just buying. We were all consumers for a minute. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it was amazing. So the workouts took off and, and my girl, Jules, um, shout out Jules. I always shout her out because she really was the, the acting force in this. She it's like, yo, I'm going on OnlyFans. And she's like, and I want you to go with me. And I was like, yeah, going on OnlyFans, girl. Like, and, and a big part of my life is because I'm fully tattooed. I've always been discriminated against, right? Well, being mixed, I've always been discriminated against. And then having tattoos, it's like a full new layer because tattoos just got cool the last like, what, three, four years. And we're not talking about like, I have a lot of tattoos, but we're not talking about like, mine are like still kind of like underneath, like you have a neck piece, you have like full arms and you've had like, I, a lot of big tattoos for a long time. You know, when I worked at Eberge, I had to cover them. I remember I was going to say, I can't even visualize you there. Yeah. No, no. I had to cover. I mean, like I always had to cover my tattoos. If tattoos used to not be as cool, like they weren't, mm -hmm. you, you were like, okay, I guess you're going to be a hairstylist or you're going to work in retail. And then some retail wouldn't hire you. Um, now, you know, you could be like a doctor and probably have sleeves and, and nobody cares. You just wear like a, you know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. it wasn't like how it was. So me having tattoos and being the butt girl, and being a wait, mom. wait, wait. Let's let's pause on the butt girl. So, if you guys don't follow Star, her her logo is like a peach, like the peach emoji, but it was like a customized icon for you. It's your logo, right? And it says yes. "Baby Mama Fit," and so it's a peach icon. It's like in the shape of her booty. This woman's got right. an amazing ass. Like, 
it's incredible. I'm and so, peach on my butt because I always want to do. Brand that's new. right. You have the peach. I always and keep it so, like. Brand. Yeah, you're like you're like you like branded your lifestyle. You branded <laughs> your personality. It's right. a personal brand. Right. And I remember, like, and the, like your personality, you'll, like you'll literally be teaching a class and like drop down and like twerk and like that's your whole thing is you make workouts super fun. You're always twerking. You're encouraging everybody else. You teach people how to twerk. I think like I can kind of twerk because of you. Like probably in some right. workout class I did with you, I was like, oh, I can do that too. Um, so like, but that wasn't cool. So going or, exactly like going on to exactly cool either guys, nasty Nas. There was one girl that was twerking. That was Lexi. Shout out Lexi. I know her too. I did a video for her. Um, there's there like, even that wasn't cool. It was like all like where well, you're a hoe, you know? And, and yeah. it's like, oh, it was derogatory. It was like, Get yeah, it. you're thirsty. Brands didn't want it. Nike would like bait me out and be like, oh yeah, we want to use you. We want to use you. We want to use you. And then not use me and go with someone who, you know, maybe was a little bit more mainstream than I, I'm going to say mainstream or, you know, maybe like thinner and blonder. I don't know. Anyways, let me not talk shit. Cause I want Nike to hire me, hire me. <laughs> but, um, you know, now we got Megan the Stallion, we got city girls, we got, you know, all this women empowerment and like free the diversity. Nipple. Yeah. And people like actually, you know, don't necessarily judge you as much. Right. So, um, I was like, I am not going on OnlyFans. I already know what time it is. I got too many rich clients. I am not trying to go into nobody's house and their husbands can find me on OnlyFans. And then mm -hmm. she made 68,000 in two weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm going on OnlyFans. Damn, Let's go. Jules. <laughs> so, and she was okay. So listen, Jules always is ahead of the game. I don't care what nobody says about my girl. My girl is smart and she is always ahead of the game and she knows talent from the beginning. She said this from the beginning. She said, all content will be monetized. Now you can go on your story right now and you can go on your notifications and you will get an alert that says you can now subscribe to your friend's Instagram. Mm -hmm. And she yeah. called that three years ago. So yeah. she was ahead of the game. Obviously only fans got, got popular because of sexual content. Um, and the fact that, you know, you can hide your identity, but I had 400 women on a platform that is a male run male dominant platform. I brought those 400 women. I, I go to New York. I went to, I went to Harvard campus. I had to go to Boston. I went to Harvard campus. Girl came up to me. She goes, Oh my God, your baby mama fit. I had an OnlyFans because of you and her husband. And her husband was right there. Yes. I had an OnlyFans for a hot second um, because of you. But and here's the thing, what you were doing on OnlyFans was your workouts. You weren't doing like sexual photos or feet photos or any of that no, shit. It was just the workouts. Sexual. Yeah, you could get, I would tell people, they would message me on OnlyFans. Yo, like, let me get a butt pic. This, that. I said, listen, go to my, go to my Instagram. You go see more there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, but that was so innovative to utilize it as a membership uh program for your workouts versus a membership for your slutty pictures. Like that was innovative. Like nobody was really doing that. Yeah. Right? At the time they weren't, then, then it got more popular and like, you know, Cardi B and all these celebrities hopped on it. And, and, um, it, you know what? I love OnlyFans and I respect anybody that does that type of work. I got girlfriends that do it and they make mad money. My and, friend is um, in the top 4%. She's a married mother. And she is a comedian. She's fucking hysterical. She goes on TikTok. She she does slutty 
comedy jokes and she like looks at the camera and then she says, go to my OnlyFans. And she showed me her whole fucking marketing technique. I mean, she shows yep. her thong. She shows her cleavage. She'll do a little flash every now and then. She's the top four of creators. She makes over $200,000 a year. Just, she says, I spend 30 minutes a week. I'm like, let me tell you. Yes. Another if your life, partner's okay with that. <laughs> 10 years ago in did. another life that I had not found fitness and only fans was around, you know what I mean? But, but, um, yeah, no, it, it was amazing. It just, you know what? It stopped working for me because it wasn't not bringing me clients. Um, yeah. and now I'm on a more fitness platform, which it looks like my, it's like a platform behind my site. Um, so you go to baby mama fitness and it's me, it's not only fans. It's super professional. Yeah. Right. I just, you know, switched it up. Cause I hate to say it even, you know, down to the very end, I was on there for like two years, even down to the very end, there would be some people that I have to like explain to them, like, no, it's only fans, but it's like, you can use it for anything. It's a subscription yeah. site. It was really for billing. It was for payment. I just needed yeah. it for payment. Um, yeah. The checkout was simple. And, exactly. And then the and page, that, having um, the page there. Exactly. Um, and through that, I was able to buy a house last year. I paid off Congrats. all my life. So, I mean, I was living paycheck to paycheck. When you knew me, I was, you know, living off a man before that. Um, so, and I was, I mean, I've been on food stamps, like I've been working the government, not no more. Now I'm paying the IRS and kicking my ass. So like my life through COVID, my life changed. It got so much better. You know, I met star and now we're like a team. Um, he does video and, and he helps me with all my, you know, video stuff and he keeps me motivated and he cooks for me. God bless him. He can cook. Cause I can, ah, I got a man who cooks too. It's the best. Yeah, it's girl. I know you do. And your food is good. Best. Cause I've eating at your restaurants and your hotels. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. It's true. So how do you, how do you, st- I want to, I want to give people some tangibles. Like, I feel like people have an assumption that if they, if the way you look, you must just be naturally athletic. You just must be naturally healthy. Oh, it's easy for you to be sober. Oh, you have better willpower than me. Oh, I can't get motivated to work out. I don't know how to get motivated, right? There's all these excuses that people make. And and my journey, like I had three or four years of postpartum depression. Um, Before that, I was super fit. My whole lifestyle, like yours, revolved around fitness. I was a yoga teacher. And then I would do Barry's boot camp. I was doing two a days, like Barry's boot camp and then yoga. And so my lifestyle, yeah, my lifestyle made it to where it was easy to stay fit because I, it was my work. Right. And so I could eat a croissant and then I could go do a yoga class and I could eat a burger and then I could go do berries and then I could fucking binge drink and like wake up in the morning, repeat. Well, you can't do any of that shit if you're a mom and meaning like you can't just go eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want and then like not be like working out all day and like stay healthy. Right. Right. But I hadn't really let go of those self-sabotaging patterns of like eating and drinking and overconsumption. In fact, they got like worse. It was triggered, uh, triggered a lot of childhood trauma, um, from moving around the country as a pastor's kid and living paycheck to paycheck and religious dogma. I was binge eating and bulimic growing up. And so living in Miami, New York, and LA with an infant without a support system mimicked and triggered moving around as a child. So I, after I had my daughter and I I was living in this pattern state of victimhood and self-sabotage and triggered eating and trauma, all the shit arising, 
I was in that place myself. I was like, oh my God, like, how do I get motivated? How- I tried your workouts. I tried their workouts. I tried every fucking thing I could. And it was like, maybe her energy will help me come to class. You know, but we we're in a pandemic. So you weren't going to get to a yoga studio. You weren't going to get in right, person. And right, that was right, always right. my trick before was like, just show that there's a saying in yoga, like getting there's 50% of the work or is the hardest part, right? Just getting to class is the hardest part. And then everything else is downhill from there. Well, when you don't have that trick and you're stuck inside a house, I didn't know personally how to get myself motivated. And then through, I would say probably a year's journey of what ended up working was like beach body fitness, not because I had a great coach or whatever, because somebody introduced me to one program that was really consistent for me. It was not hype. It was all about doing it, showing up, repeating it. And like, it was like this six week cycle. And I literally have repeated that program probably 12 or 15 times. And it, it wasn't like the magic. There wasn't no judge to the guy. He wasn't so motivational, but it was me being able to get myself there and be the self-motivator, right? So what are the things that, how do you stay motivated and how do you teach your clients to step into motivation, not stay motivated, but like just demystify motivation and what that is for people? Because I really had to figure it out for myself during the pandemic. Well, I kind of like what you said too, though. You had to figure it out, you know, like, like people want to go to berries and they think that berries is for them. Berries ain't for everybody. You know, and and shout out berries. I'm not saying don't go to berries. Please go to berries. I work there. But you know what I mean. It might not be for someone who's, you know, a hundred pounds overweight or has knee issues. Or you got to find the workout with you that works for you and that resonates with you. You know, and then from there you build up a little bit of confidence. I started with spinning. I really liked Dwayne. He had this that he, Trinidadian. You know, Dwayne. He had like this hot voice. And I used to ride so bike and listen to his voice. Yeah. And like that got me into, to, you know, drop some pounds and get the heart rate up and, and start building the confidence. Um, with my Zooms, I have, I have Ginger who's 69 years old. I had my friend's mom on there. Um, and she, she lost like 50 pounds. She was overweight and, and, wow. and it was more about an energy. They wouldn't come on and do everything that I would do, but maybe they would come on and, and have their camera off and dance for a little bit. And then try some of the squats and the lunges or maybe just do some bridges. But like, it was like an energy of showing up. Um, So I think it's really important to find what works for you. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing a workout and you absolutely fucking hate it, then you might want to find a new workout. Yeah. Maybe try Pilates, maybe try yoga. There's so much out there. A lot of stuff is overpriced and unavailable. Um, And that's because, I don't know, us as a culture, we want to make it unavailable for people like, you know, Pilates and stuff. Exclusive. Make it exclusive and tennis and all that shit. You know, I just started playing tennis and I realized how hard it is to get on a court and how expensive stuff, you know, and it's kind of silly, but whatever. I want to be a part of it. So I'm a part of it. Um, And you're um, hustling so that you can do that. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, listen, yeah. Finding motivation though. I mean, that changes for me every day. Some days, Every day. Thank you yes. for saying that. And That's so me, important. I'm, I'm probably the only, I'm going to, I'm going to show you that I do not have abs. I have no lower abs. Okay. I eat what the fuck I want and I live my best life eating and I like food. I'm not one of those girls. I've struggled with eating disorders as well. I can hundred percent relate to everything you just said. And, um, I have a weird relationship with food. Sometimes food is my drug. Sometimes I can, you know, I love to be full and fall asleep. That's amazing. I love to be real full. 
like so full. You know, you know what the biggest difference is that in the last six months to a year, I've really been, I've changed my perspective on like, cause what would happen is here's the truth. I use food to ground me when my energy is high and I'm all over the place and I'm anxious. It's a great fucking tool to ground myself. But knowing that that's what I'm doing is different than being like, Oh my God, I don't know what's going on. And I'm just going to eat all this fucking food. It tastes so good. Right. Right. Now I know, you know what? I really need to ground and I'm going to have a big fucking juicy burger and I'm going to like bless this burger and be so yeah. grateful for this burger be and be so happy that it's nourishing my body and my metabolism is going to get better because I'm going to eat this burger. Like I like tell myself how amazing this like big greasy juicy thing is because it's not bad. We've made food and like these things so bad and wrong. Just don't right. eat the fucking burger every day, you know? Right. And so Crazy. I changed my... Yeah. So I've changed my psychology behind like when I'm eating it, how I'm eating it. It really has changed my metabolism. Just in the last month, I've like shed like four, six pounds and I haven't done anything different, but like I've been even more focused on how grateful I am for all these meals that like we get to just so luxuriously go out to eat. Like, fuck, it's amazing. We're like in abundance, you know? But like that's but that's helped me also not binge as much because it's like I'm so present with the food that yeah. it's like, okay, I can sit here and eat this delicious hamburger and these French fries, but like I'm not going to like turn around 45 minutes later and like forget that I ate that and eat like popcorn and a tub of ice. Like it's just not going to keep right. going because I right. had my moment with it, you know? Yeah. No, I feel you. Listen, I don't drink, so and I don't smoke weed, and I, I, I've been seeing your shroom and stuff. I'd be really wanting to go on that side too, and um, so all I have is food. I love food. I mean, if, if, if it's not sex, it's food, you know, or maybe spending a little bit money. I love so. That. Right. So um, I'm big on you know enjoying my life, and and, and you know maybe I, I do more workouts, but yeah, motivation lacks. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Yep. And I, sometimes I put my big girl panties on and I really ain't got nothing motivational to say. And I really don't feel like doing nothing. And maybe I'm like on my period or, you know, I feel less than cause I got 80 likes on a reel or, you know, my husband's pissing me the fuck off cause he hasn't picked up his socks off the table in two days. On the I'm table. Gonna... Why are they always on the table? Right, I right, have one right of those too. Your computer. Yes. I don't it's know. so nasty. Right. So you know, and then my kid, she, she, her room stinks or she smells like BO. I'm like, why are you stinking? You know, you're a lady, you know, something's going on and, and I have to just fake it. And yeah. sometimes faking it is just enough. I do the bare minimum and that's just enough. And I'm like, you know what? I'm grateful. for, And then gratitude, right? Say, I'm grateful for this day. Da, 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 da. I breathe today. I got this great food. I got to be on this podcast. You know what I did? I showed up for every single person I was supposed to. Hopefully I helped them. And then that's, that's my motivation for me. Um, but it's not easy sobriety. Oh my God. I would not, I would not want to relive the the first two years of sobriety ever again. It was hell. It was hell. It I can was only like imagine a throw up of emotion that I had been fucking binge Suppressing. eating, drinking and fucking on top of. And just like covering, covering and covering it. And then you stop and it like all like, it's like one of those pimple poppers on TikTok. It starts like it just keeps going coming out. And anybody that you're friends with for those two years or that you date is, is in the crossfire. I feel bad for those people. Like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Cause they're getting the worst of you and, and people, 
think that, oh, I, I almost feel bad sometimes. I have to, I have to tell people on Instagram that I am sober because I feel bad sometimes because I, I, I feel like I make it seem like it's easy. And I know it's not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes I glamorize it too much. Like I'm in clubs and I'm at this event and I'm here and I'm, all my friends are getting tipsy and I'm popping Perrier bottles. You know what I mean? But like, it was not like that for two years. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot of fucking emotion. But I'm sure you do that because it's such a reward to be able to celebrate it. Right. It's like, look at me, here I am. Like it's a celebration of where you're at. And I think that I mean, I don't know if it's like too glamorized. I feel like that's, that's how, that's like me, like adoring the burger that I'm eating. It's like the same thing. It's like, I'm going to fucking really enjoy this moment and like, you know, shake the Perrier bottle and like sprinkle it like a champagne because like, holy fuck, I got through those two years. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I mean, listen, my life today is, is not even worth, it's not worth risking it on. You know, I built a life worth living and, and I have so many blessings in my life. I got my house. I got my daughter. I got my dogs. You know, I got my friends. I got my family. I got people like you that support me and have seen my growth. And, and then to, to then remind me and tell me like, even you just telling me where I came from, it's like, I need those reminders every day because yeah. I don't want to yeah. go back to, you know, or just like, I forget. I was, I was, I was literally taking a shower earlier. I was like, let me do my hair and my makeup. So I look good for you. And I was like thinking about, you know, that, that time when I knew you and, and going to pub belly and, 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 and just being a hot fucking mess. Like I remember working all those damn jobs and, yeah. and like, like my, my problems today are so different and it's just so amazing. Like, it's just crazy. It's like my problems are like, oh my God, I got to pay the IRS. Like they're taking all my fucking money, you know, like or getting your eyelashes filled. <sighs> right. I got to do my eyelashes, but I can't do them because I'm going to hot yoga. Like, bitch, before I, got I was tennis. like, I've got tennis with Amanda. Right. Like my life is so full and it's like, and I get to help people. And, and I get to, to yell back at trolls, you know, online and, and, and like, you know, like, and, and entertain bullshit and like, you know, complain about dumb shit. Like my life was not, my life was not that I was in debt. I was depressed. I was insecure. Um, I, I needed other people to tell me I could do stuff cause I didn't believe. Um, and, and now it's just different. It's, it's so much different, you know, like I, I just, I try to always stay who I was through all of this, the twerking, the, the fun, the tattoos. And luckily over the years, it's become more and more mainstream. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not behind, you know, and, and I, I worked hard. I did a lot of free shit. People don't realize I did so much free work. And I, I think like people think like, oh, it's given, you know, like I did work at Barry's. I did clean the toilets. I did, you know, do all that stuff working on Purdy. I did ask Instagram girls, Nata Gata, um, Natalie Valdez, Vanny Vicious. I asked all these Instagram girls, Hey, please do a workout with me. I'll buy you a brawl. I'll pay Nick just chill to do a video. Follow D Jules asking everybody I knew, like, please help me. And then once I started teaching, inviting them to my classes, like I was always hustling, you know, I was always mm-hmm. saying yes. I was promoting at night, waking up, you know, and, and if you put in the work, it, it, it'll, if you invest in yourself and your health, invest in you and put just as much into it. It's consistency. It's a hundred percent consistency. I never stopped. And I see and that also, now. 
And I, yeah. And I see that. And I see like, also like you're really good at leveraging your connections and honoring those connections. You know, like you got to get creative. It's not about linear thinking of like, Oh, I'm just going to do all these free workout classes on zoom for the next three years. And hopefully, or not zoom like Instagram live. And hopefully that'll make me famous and people will finally fall. Like what? Like, no, you tried that. And then that wasn't working anymore. So you went to zoom and then that was, you know, like, okay, now you it was $30 a day. Yeah. So I'm not saying be greedy. Everything I do, I try to do with like that higher. I try to be aligned. I don't know what, what you would call it, but I try to be spiritually aligned. Right. Yeah. You know, I try to put out good in a way. Um, and you know, I kept it affordable for the court for, for the culture. You know, like I want to be, I want to be the Walmart of fitness. I don't got to be, you know, the Gucci. I just want to be, I want to yeah. be like everybody's neighborhood. I want to be the fucking T-Mobile of, you know, <laughs> I want to be <laughs> everywhere. I want to be in the hood. I want to be in, I want to be the Starbucks of fitness like, in the nice yeah. neighborhoods, in the ghetto neighborhood. I want to be there. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. I don't care. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I did, I, 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 but I know people, time costs money and I put out good energy. I didn't do anything expecting anything. Um, but when it came down to it, you know, and you were always good to me too. So that's why I'm like, you know what? Like if we can get our schedules to work, I definitely want to do your podcast. Like Thank why you. the fuck not? Like yeah. you're a woman out here speaking your mind and, and, and saying how you feel about certain stuff that it today might be taboo, but mm-hmm. in a year, everybody's going to be doing it. <laughs> it's going to be normal. I tr- right? promise it already, you. Is. Yep. it already is. It already is. It already is. It already is. Thank you, know you so I mean? much for your, so- Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I've loved this conversation. I can't wait to see you in person, give you a big fat hug and see Gigi. And I've waved at Star. I've been like, I know you from like an overpass. And he was like, what? (laughs) With a shirt off. on TikTok. (laughs) The Star Show. Um, So I can't wait to see you soon. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. And oh, I have one last question. What does rebellious reinvention mean to you? How do you perceive it? reinvention, going against what everybody else is telling you to do. <laughs> Hell yeah. Being yourself Simple. and being yourself, but not like, I don't know. I think a lot of us, I, I hear it a lot with Instagram. People are like, how are you so good at Instagram? Like, you don't look at what you post. No, I don't. Don't look at it. Don't criticize yourself. Who gives a fuck? Be you and be 100% you. You don't have to curate everything. Leave that to the bloggers. People... Like you for, you know what I mean? Like leave that for the people that that's their job. I'm going to keep it real. And yeah, you, that is exactly what this whole topic was, is I be you because at the end of the day, you is, you is always going to be it. You going to be that bitch. You that bitch. Thank you, Star, for being that bitch. We appreciate it. Thank you for your dedication to your authenticity and sharing it with us so graciously. I love you so much. I love you too. Every week, we have a reoccurring segment. I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, and things to walk away with above and beyond the inspiration of these conversations. Think this week's rebellious perspective. What if motivation for your health and fitness went beyond the physical rewards? What if motivation was not something that needs to come first, but the actual side effect of movement and self-care? I'll leave you with this quote. Opportunities don't happen. You create them. We are the makers of our minds, our realities. And if you battle with depression, illness, and anxiety, and you're healing and you're healing your trauma, the best thing you can give yourself is movement and sweat. I promise. Read the little black book 
of Workout Motivation by Michael Matthews. He is the number one fitness author in the world, and this book helped reshape my perspective on motivation. Working out and eating right takes time, energy, effort, discipline, dedication, and patience. We know that. And life always finds a way to interfere with our intentions and tempt us to stray. And here's the ground truth. It doesn't ever get easier. We just have to get better. And this book will help you to get better. It contains practical, scientific research, compelling stories, and time-proven tactics to overcome your mental and emotional blocks that bring you down and spin you around. Here's the bottom line. If you've ever wondered why some people don't seem motivated, optimistic, and fearless, and if you want to master the psychological playbook top performers use to shift their negative thinking and behaviors into peak performance and lasting success, this book is for you. Lastly, do go sign up for STARS classes. She's an unbelievable motivator and excellent fitness professional while keeping you laughing your entire workout. You guys heard it. She's as real as it gets. And I just adore her. You can find her workouts on babymamafitness.com. Have an amazing day. Please share, like, subscribe, write a review. It would mean the world to me. Thank you. Thank you.